Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome back to the I Am Persuaded podcast, and thank you so much for tuning into this episode. It has been a long time since we have posted an episode uh, with I Am Persuaded, and so I want to apologize off the start today by saying I'm sorry uh, for not posting in over eight weeks. And so I don't have an excuse other than it's been a very busy eight weeks. And so I took two summer classes in my master's program thinking they were 16-week classes. They were eight-week classes. And so they were very tough. I had three 14-page papers due within those eight weeks in one class. Then I had like a 15-page paper and some other papers due in the other class and so, along with weekly assignments. And so it was a lot. And then just the summer as being a youth pastor is busy as it is. We've had summer camp. We're planning a mission trip going on in just a couple of weeks. And so it's been a busy summer. Christiana and I also took a vacation. And so thank you so much for your patience. I know some of you have asked, when's the next episode coming out? And so I do apologize for the delay uh, in posting episodes. But we should be back on schedule. And so my prayer and my plan for the future, at least for the foreseeable future, is I just want to do one psalm for each episode. And so one psalm for each episode just as encouragement. And so one of my classes this past summer, I studied the Psalms. Really, it was about the class was hermeneutics. And so in hermeneutics, we just looked at the principle of studying the Bible. And so we looked at the Old Testament, the New Testament, the poetic literature, the wisdom literature, the law, everything in the Bible, and how do we study it specifically. And something stuck out to me. They asked a question in one of our discussion boards. And the question was, what is the theology of in the Psalms. And so a lot of times we look at the book of Psalms and we think of it as just help. We think of it as someone calling out to God when they need uh, help, when they need reliance, when they have reliance on God, that he comes to their aid in a situation, whatever it is. And so as we as believers read through the book of Psalms, it's much more than just a story of a man crying for help and receiving help. There's theology in this book. There's doctrine in the book of Psalms. And also there is prophecy in the book of Psalms. There's repentance in the book of Psalms. And so I believe there is a lot for us as believers today to learn from the book of Psalms. And so I want to just look, these episodes, might some might be brief, some might be long, because that's kind of what you get with Psalms. Sometimes you get a psalm with just one or two, three verses. Sometimes you get a psalm like Psalm 119 that's really, really long. And so some of these episodes, they'll probably have some length to them. Some of these episodes will probably probably be shorter than some of the other episodes that I've posted here on the podcast. With that being said, I want us to look at Psalm chapter 1 today. Psalm chapter 1, and it's a great start to the entire book of Psalms. Gives us a contrast, and I want to title this episode... The fork in the road, the fork in the road, because if you live life long enough, if you walk the Christian life enough, you're going to understand quickly there's forks in the road. There are decisions that you have to make. If you're a believer in Jesus, there's decisions you have to make. If you're not a believer in Jesus, there's decisions you have to make. But no matter who you are, we've all arrived at some point in our life at the fork in the road that is posed in Psalm chapter 1. So I just want to read all six verses to you, and then I'm going to give you a few thoughts about Psalm chapter 1. Verse number 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, 
nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And so this psalm, it really paints the picture of there's a fork in the road, and you as a non-believer, you have a, you have a choice to make. Will you go the path of the righteous? Or will you go the path of the ungodly? If you're a believer today, there's been a, there's been a time in your life where you have arrived at this fork in the road and you've asked yourself, do I go with Jesus? Do I go the path of the righteous? Or do I go the path of the ungodly, the unrighteous? Jesus himself in the Gospels even spoke of this two paths in mankind and how, how we're going to have to respond to these paths. He said there's two gates. One is broad and many follow that way. One is narrow, and few go in at the narrow gate. And so broad is the gate that leadeth to destruction, but narrow is the gate that leadeth to life. And so whenever we see these two contrasts in Scripture of going the path of the righteous or the path of the ungodly, what the writer of that book is trying to teach us as his readers is, is a simple truth. There's two paths in life. One path leads to death and destruction, and the other path leads to life and fulfillment and prospering inside of that life. So I want to break down each of these verses in Psalm chapter 1. And hopefully today, if you're at that fork in the road, maybe you've asked yourself in the past week or month, do I need to follow Jesus? Is following Jesus worth it? Maybe you've asked yourself, you, you go to church every week, but you say, do I really follow Jesus? You'll see in the Psalm, what does it look like to follow Jesus? So today, I hope you'll just open your heart, open your mind to these six short verses in Psalm chapter 1. So the psalm starts off by saying, Blessed or blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That word in the Hebrew for blessed, it simply it can be translated happy. And so you'll kind of see that word throughout the Old Testament. Happy is the man, or blessed is the man, or blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And so that word blessed, it could mean blessedness, or it could mean happiness. And so we could read it like this. Happy is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And if there's one thing that seems to be void in the lives of people today in the year 2022 is a life that's happy. People are pursuing after happiness. People are seeking after happiness. And they're looking at the world. They're looking at a friend group. They're looking at a husband, a wife. They're looking at a job. They're looking at a material object. And we keep asking ourselves, why am I not happy? Why do I not feel a sense of joy in my life? And the psalmist here in Psalm chapter 1 gives us the equation for true fulfillment in this life. He says, blessed or happy is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So how I want to break up Psalm chapter 1 is probably how everyone that would read this psalm would break it up. The first three verses depict the righteous path. 
and the last three verses depict the unrighteous path. Verse number one depicts what the righteous person does not do. Verse number two depicts what the righteous person does do. Verse number three shows what the righteous person looks like. So we'll start in verse number one. Here is what the righteous person does not do. So ask yourself, if you claim Jesus and you claim to be walking the path of the righteous, does your life look like verse number one? Do you follow after the path of the wicked? Do you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, or do you not? The righteous does not is the implication and the teaching of verse number one. So the first phrase that he says is, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And so you're going to see three things in verse number one, a progression. you got walk. You've got stand and you've got sit. And so this is how someone goes from associating with sin to living in sin. And that's the progression. This is how someone who claims to follow Jesus, their life can go from one month following, worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ, and the next month living outside of the will of God, outside of church, wanting nothing to do with the name of Jesus. So the first phrase, walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. What's the psalmist saying? The righteous man does not take counsel, does not take advice from the ungodly. And we in our world, we seek counsel in a lot of different places. And that's what we should do. We should be asking people questions. We should be uh, talking to people about the issues of our day and the issues of our life. But we do not and we should not as the righteous, as believers, we don't go to the ungodly for counsel. We don't go to the ungodly for advice. And so how does an association go from, well, I'm just listening to what they say and I might implement this in my life to living this lifestyle completely? It starts with listening to the counsel or the advice of the ungodly. Then it goes on, nor standeth in the way of sinners. So here's the second progression. It goes from just listening to the council, listening to the advice of the ungodly, and then it goes to you are standing with them, you are identifying with that lifestyle. So at one point you were listening to what the way they lived, you were listening to the advice that they had, but now it's progressed to where you are living in the lifestyle that they have. And so it's kind of you're staying a while. You've listened to their advice, you've listened to their counsel, and now you plan to stay a while with their thought process, with their lifestyle. And so the phrase stand in the pathway kind of conveys the idea of staying a while or stopping to look and to listen, hanging around or hanging out with. The pathway kind of describes their manner of life. So when it says standeth in the way, that's the pathway of sinners. And so what the psalmist is saying is it goes from just listening to them to now you're standing and you're kind of living in and around that lifestyle and in the pathway of those sinners. You're looking and you're listening to what they have to say. And then he goes on to the last one, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And this is where it goes from just an association to now you're living with, you're embedded in this lifestyle of ungodliness. The word sinners there in that second phrase, it means one that missed the mark, those that are not of Christ. And so the, we find that in the New Testament, in the Romans, where it says uh, every we, we sin every single day. The word sinner in the Greek simply means 
to miss the mark. So then you see, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. The Hebrew word for scornful means mocker or one that laughs at or one that mocks the righteous or the name of Jesus. And so when he says, don't sit with the scornful, the psalmist is warning us not to throw everything that we have in and sit with a company of mockers or scorn, scorn, ones that scorn the name of Jesus. The action from walking to sitting describes moving from thinking like the wicked to living like the rebellious and, to the, and ridiculing the name of Jesus. And so do you see the progression? It starts with someone listening to advice, goes from living around it and staying a while in the company of the ungodly to then well, I'm going to live here, I'm going to act like they do, I'm going to sit with them, and I'm going to act and live in the manner like they act and live. And you know, a lot of times we see this in Christianity. We see people who claim that they follow the Lord Jesus Christ, but then they go to college, then they get a friend, they meet this person in high school, they meet this person at work, and it goes from someone who loved and uplifted the name of Jesus to a, they started listening to that person. Then they started associating and staying a while and hanging around with that person until finally they are now acting like that person and they've taken up the philosophy and the mindset of that person. So what the psalmist is saying in verse number one, the righteous does not do that. And so ask yourself, does my life look like the world? Does my life look like my coworkers? Does my life look like my unsaved relative? Does my life look like the social media icon? And if it does, let's take a step back and say, when I was at the fork in the road, did I truly follow the path of the righteous or did I take the path of the ungodly? And if you took the path of the righteous, there are seasons in the believer's life where they find themselves walking in the counsel of the ungodly. They find themselves standing in the way of sinners. They find themselves sitting in the seat of the scornful. So now verse number two, here's what the believer's life looks like in contrast to what it does not look like in verse number one. Here's what the psalmist says. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. What a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful verse. The psalmist says his delight, his happiness, his fulfillment is in the law of the Lord. Now, the, the Lord there is in all capital. So that gives us indication it's the law of Yahweh. And so what the psalmist is saying is his delight, his fulfillment is in the scriptures. His fulfillment is in what Jesus has said. His happiness comes only from one source. It's not the ungodly. It's not the advice of the wicked. It's not sitting with the scornful. His, the righteous's delight and fulfillment comes from the Holy Scriptures. And here's what the righteous does with it. And in his law, in his word, doth he meditate day and night. The meditate means to ponder on, to think on, to dwell on. And so here's what the psalmist says. It, as you take in his word, as you read scripture, as you understand scripture, scripture should be in your mind, in your life. Notice this last three words, day and night. So when you go to sleep, scripture should be on your mind. 
when you wake up, scripture should be on your mind. Now, this verse is not saying you have to hold the Bible 24-7 and read scripture all day and never work and never have a social life. That's not what the Bible's saying. But the Bible's saying your life should be categorized as one that loves scripture with everything in them. His delight is in the law of the Lord. So what does that mean and what does that look like for you? Well, number one, it means that you take time out of your day to read scripture. It means you take time out of your day, whether it's in the morning, it's at night, it's at noon, to find 10 minutes, quiet time. You pray, you ask the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you to show you what scripture means and how you can apply it to your life. And then throughout the day, you meditate on that. You think on that. You dwell on that. You call that verse to memory throughout the day. The section that you've read during the day, one verse might stick out to you and you can take that verse and claim it throughout the day. You can go to work and someone can be having an awful day. They they got pulled over on the way to work. They were late to work. They fought with their spouse. And you know what you can do? You can share the verse that you're meditating on day and night. And so one clear identification marker that we are righteous and we followed the path of the righteous is this. We delight We love the law of Jesus. We love the scripture. We love the Bible with everything in us. And so if we don't do what verse verse number one says, and if we do implement what verse number two says, here's what we'll look like in verse number three. And he, the righteous, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You can probably look in your backyard and get a good picture of this illustration in verse number three. You know what it looks like to have a tree that's dead. Its root system is not deep. It did not get the nourishment that it needed. Its roots did not go deep enough to grow in the correct soil for that tree to prosper for generations and generations and generations. But then you know what it looks like to find a tree It is planted firmly in good soil, gets enough water, gets enough sunlight, and that tree for hundreds of years is planted. No storm, no tornado, no lightning, nothing can take that tree down because it's planted with deep roots in great soil. So here's what the psalmist says in verse number three. And he, the righteous, shall be like a tree. Planted by the rivers of water. So you as the righteous, you have a great root system. Now, where's the root system at as a believer? Back to verse 2. Our roots should be dug in Scripture. If we're not firm in Scripture and our foundation not built on Jesus, we will not be like verse 3. So we shall be, the righteous shall be, like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Look at this phrase. That bringeth forth his fruit in his season. And so one clear identification that we know Jesus and that we followed the path of the righteous is that we are bearing fruit in our life. As Jesus was entering the last week of his ministry, he saw a tree in the distance. The tree from a distance looked like a a fig tree that was bearing great fruit. But as Jesus and his disciples got close to that tree, the tree actually did not have any fruit on it. And Jesus cursed it. And the next day, the tree withered up and died. And so we have a lot of Christians. We have a lot of people who claim they followed the path of the righteous. And maybe on Sunday morning, their life looks like it bears great fruit. Maybe on Wednesday night at youth group or on Wednesday night at choir practice or whatever it is, their life looks like from a distance 
that they bear great fruit. But then upon close examination, they don't implement verse number two and love the law of God. They don't love the scripture. They don't meditate on the scripture. And they find themselves walking in the counsel of the ungodly, standing in the way of sinners and sitting in the seat of the scornful. And so if that is your life, you're not bearing fruit. You might look like to to me, you might look like to your parents, you might look like to your pastor from a distance that you're bearing fruit, but like Jesus with that tree in the last week of his ministry, that tree withered up and died because it had no root system. And so what he says in verse number three, if we are righteous, if we have followed Jesus, we will bring forth fruit in the right season. And then this this last half of the verse number three, his leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. What the psalmist is saying there is when persecution comes, when difficulty comes, when trial comes, you will not step away from Jesus. You will still be growing in Jesus. We're told in Romans chapter 8 that when persecution comes, it's to bring us closer to Jesus. And so when the difficulties of life come, does our fruit go away? Do our good works for Jesus go away? Or does our life, even in the most difficult circumstance, still shine a bright light for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because that's what verses 1, 2, and 3 say the righteous's life will look like. It will bear fruit. And this last phrase, whatever he doeth shall prosper in the will of God in the name of Jesus. So that's the path of the righteous. That's the first way we could go in the fork in the road. But then verses four, five, and six, and we'll be brief with these verses, show the path of the ungodly. Verse number four says, the ungodly are not so. So what's what are they not? They're not like a tree planted by the rivers of water. They're not meditating in the scripture day and night. They're not living the path of the righteous. So the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Chaff in the Old Testament, it was a uh, the leftover pieces that would fall away when they would thresh wheat or when they would thresh grain. So literally, the Hebrew word for this is, is useless. It's uh, wasteful. It's what's left behind after they take what is necessary. And so that's the picture that's painted here when you see the word chaff. And so chaff is very light. It's very useless. You can water chaff all day long, but you will never grow a tree. You will never bear fruit from watering chaff. And so it says in verse four, the ungodly are not so. They're not like the tree planted by the rivers of water, but they are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. And so if you could imagine a field and in the Old Testament when they would thresh wheat or they would thresh grain, all these little pieces of chaff kind of would just be floating through the air as the wind would blow. It had no stability to it. It had no root system to it. And so with any wind that would blow, that chaff would go from one end of the field to the other end of the field, into the woods and all over the place because it had no weight to it. In fact, Jesus kind of spoke of chaff when he was talking to Peter in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, Peter, Satan desires to have you to sift you like wheat. That's the picture of chaff. And so what Satan's plan for your life is, is for you to be like chaff. It's for you to be so uh, lightweight, 
for you to be so useless for the name of Jesus that whenever some teaching comes or some false doctrine comes, you're walking in the counsel of the ungodly. And so you're following after all of these teachings that are man-made. And so you're blowing from this doctrine. You're blowing from this church. You're blowing from this thought. You're blowing from this theology. And Satan never wants you to be rooted. Satan does not want you to be planted by the rivers of water. He wants you to be like chaff, sift you like wheat so that you cannot be stable in your relationship with Jesus. So the the righteous, what do they look like? Well, they look like the tree, the stable and rooted into the ground. The ungodly are like the the lightweight chaff that blows whithersoever the wind goeth because they have no root system. Verse 5, therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. So what is verse 5 actually teaching us? The psalmist says, therefore the ungodly or the wicked shall not stand in the judgment. Now, judgment is referring to a future judgment, and there's two different judgments in the Bible. The first one is the judgment seat of Christ. We've got a whole podcast episode on that if you want to go listen to it. It's where believers go. Believers stand before Jesus, and they're rewarded on their life and how they have served Jesus Christ. There will be a sense of inadequacy. I could have done more for Jesus, but we're receiving rewards based on what we did for Christ. The second judgment is at the end of all things. It's called the great white throne judgment. Every every unbeliever, every person who took the other side of the fork in the road, took the side of the unrighteous, the ungodly, they will be at this judgment. And what the verse is implying here, they will not be able to stand. There's a verse in the New Testament, and I think it's written a couple different times in a couple different places, where it says, there will be a day where every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so, verse 5, therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment. No, they will not be able to stand on judgment day. They will fall on their face, all the atheists, all the agnostics, all the mockers, all the scoffers, all the people that just chose not to believe, to live life to the fullest, however they want to. On judgment day, they will not be able to stand anywhere. They will fall on their face and realize that Jesus Christ is Lord. And forever, they will want to make it right. But at that point, eternally, it's too late. Then he says, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. So the psalmist writes that sinners will not be able to assemble with the righteous. No place is saved for them among God's people. So the ungodly, once everything is said and done, they will not associate whatsoever with the righteous. So they came to the ultimate fork in the road. They had the decision to go the path of the righteous, follow Jesus Christ, or they had the decision to follow after man-made pleasures, man-made desires, and the ungodly. And they chose that. And so now the psalmist says, after the judgment, there's no time, there's no place for them to assemble, for them to fellowship with, for them to stand with the congregation of the righteous. On that day, on judgment day, they are having their eternal destinies sealed, which Revelation tells us for all of eternity, they will be in the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. A place that God did not create for them. God's purpose for their life and for your life is for you to be saved and redeemed in Jesus but he gives us the opportunity to do so. 
And so they chose at the ultimate fork in the road to say no to Jesus and yes to, to sin, yes to ungodliness, and follow after man-made philosophies and man-made paths. And so what difference does all of this make? Verse number six, for the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. That's how he closes it. There is an ultimate fork in the road. The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the ungodly shall perish. So the Lord knows who's righteous. He has a will for their life. He has a plan for their life. He knows where their life is going. He knows who should surround their life and how they should live their life. And so that kind of goes back to verse number one. We should not stand or walk in the counsel of the ungodly, but we should fellowship in the counsel of the righteous. We should not stand in the way of sinners, but we should stand in the pathway of other righteous individuals. We should not sit in the seat of the scornful, but we should sit in the fellowship with those that are rejoicing in the name of Jesus. And the last phrase, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Told you in the beginning, every time Jesus references two different paths, one leads to life and prosperity and eternal uh, fellowship with him forever. The other path leads to destruction and death for all of eternity. That's verse 6. Sums up the psalm. The righteous live forever. The ungodly shall perish forever. Now, what's one big takeaway from this, this psalm? There's a lot of it. But one thing I really want to point out is it matters who you hang around with. Even as a believer in Jesus, it matters who your friends are. It matters who you take counsel from. It matters who you sit with. It matters who you associate with. Now, that does not mean as believers we're not to sit with and because Jesus sat and dined with sinners. There's a difference in that Greek word for sit and the Hebrew word for sit here in, in Psalm chapter 1. The implication is we are to go and preach the gospel to sinners. Absolutely. But we're not to sit and stay a while and become like them and adapt their lifestyle. That's what Psalms 1 is teaching. So yes, we're still to go and find the person that don't know Jesus and tell them about Jesus. But we're not to go and live like they do in hopes that, oh, maybe they'll come to faith in Jesus. No, we are to preach Jesus, but not live like them in their current situation. Then lastly, verses 1, 2, and 3 that lifestyle, the pathway of the righteous, is one that we can walk in every single day. However, all of us, whether before salvation or after we committed our life to Jesus, there's been a time where we walked in the counsel of the ungodly, where we stood in the way and the pathway with sinners, and where we sat in the seat of the scornful or the mockers. And so these three verses, I believe, and I believe other scholars would agree, they illustrate Jesus. They illustrate his perfectness. They illustrate his righteousness. They illustrate his holiness. So who is the true righteous man? None other than Jesus Christ. Jesus never walked in the counsel of the ungodly. Jesus never stood in the way with sinners. Jesus never sat in the seat of the scornful, but Jesus always delighted in the law of the Lord. Jesus meditated on scripture day and night. Jesus was like a tree by the rivers of water that his, his life brought forth much fruit. His leaf never withered and whatever Jesus did, it prospered. And so I think verses one, two, and three, they're calling us to follow the one true righteous man. And our life through the Holy Spirit living inside of us should look like the life of Jesus. Hope you've enjoyed this quick study of Psalm chapter one, and I look forward to looking at Psalm chapter two. 
with the next episode, and at least for the foreseeable future. We're just going to go psalm by psalm, look at the theology of this fantastic book, look at the application of this fantastic book, and together I think we can rejoice in our relationship with Jesus Christ. As always, have a great Friday, and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.